This is Don't Panic, episode number 379, recorded January 29th, 2024. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who are actually here. It's Colby <laughs> Rabidou and Dan Miller. They made it. Finally. Reunited. It's good to be Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Good to have you back. What's uh, what's good, gentlemen? Uh, came back from Australia. We can talk. We can talk about Australia. We can talk about uh, one of the many things that happened when I got back was my all my uh, my internet router finally died. My my uh, beloved Ubiquity Dream Machine. Oh, um, the dream so now I'm <laughs> the dream. The dream is no longer alive. Yeah. <laughs> Your, talk about that. Your All ubiquity sorts of experience was better than mine, which was dead on arrival. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you had... I don't know what happened with you. Um, we can talk about my, my quest for a new pair of headphones. We can talk about... Yeah, and that's all that's been happening with me. What's been happening with you, Sean? With me? Um, yes. In the what month and a half since I last on? saw you? Um... Gosh, you know my life is action packed. No, what's the what is it was action packed. You were you were shucking and jiving with all the uh the big wigs and the uh, Yes. The well to do babies, yeah. Shaking shaking babies, kissing hands. Uh yeah, <laughs> I was at the um I, I was at my company sales meeting all last week, which I run. So I was constantly walking miles around the, the hotel attending to things. But you guys will love it. I think I have a picture I can share. Um, of my tech setup. So over the years, I've grown and created this like real time streaming rig setup. Uh, Now, is this like uh, in-person streaming where you're walking around with like the the selfie stick interviewing everybody there? Listen, so I got I got two mixers, one only Mm. video, one video and audio. I got a standalone video recorder unit that feeds out to a live stream over Microsoft Teams. I have a (laughs) wireless camera that's roving. I have three computers set up all running simultaneously that I'm mixing between doing the in-room audio and projectors plus all the streaming and recording stuff. It's fantastic. It's my favorite day of the year. Um, how is the camera? And uh, yeah, it was a ton. Of, it was a ton of fun this year. Do you have one of those? So bodies? I actually bought a, <laughs> a little. We I should have gone with the iPads on the sticks. That would have been great <laughs> that you can drive around. Uh, no, it's just a wireless HDMI, uh, basically that transmits over five G and two point four G. Uh, you can get some pretty good distance with it. Hmm. Did not travel the whole length of the hotel. That's my upgrade for next year. Is I got to figure out how to make it truly wireless, probably over the internet, hmm. but. Um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a lot of I was mixing the video lives so would be like the slide and the picture would be in the corner and then it would be picture in picture and it would mix. And it, it was everything I've learned doing this podcast and other things was 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 put to work. And people ask me, like, <laughs> how do you know how to do this? And I'm like, I just guess and I'm right more often than I'm not. Right. So yeah. the real secret to computers, like, try it. <laughs> Well, it's funny because um, our company's president, uh, I went into the bathroom at our, our final event and he was in there and he goes, oh, how's it going, John? I go, good. He goes, how's a, uh, you know, good, good job with the, uh, good job with the AV there. How much you save us uh, for you doing it? 
Uh, what, you save us 10 grand? I go, no, I saved you 20 grand. Good job. Good job. <laughs> he says to me, he's a, he's a very sweet old man. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And there, those, uh, I've learned from Super Smash Bros. tournaments that those folks are a union. So uh, there's all sorts of rules oh, and regulations. Shit. Sean's a scab. If I could. <laughs> you heard it here first keep it on the dl no come on don't blow up my spot no listen if i could have a second career i would love to be those the guys who just like rent out the huge screens and do the big productions with the lasers i looked you can rent a confetti cannon very reasonably <laughs> uh, i just could not subject the hotel cleaning staff to the aftermath mm. that's not fair so yes. that's the only reason i haven't done it <laughs> You, you you need the self-cleaning confetti cannon where it like after it goes off it like sucks all the confetti back in instantly right. well that's you know because confetti a, is just on a string and it just like slurps back <laughs> oh and you just when it's done. pull it i like that that's a good idea actually uh no i because i rent like 30 to 40 percent of the equipment for the event because just the price is so much better if you just get it for the week um and maybe i can rent some roombas rent like five roombas and just r- turn them loose on the uh, in the ballroom, all making horrific noises. They vacuum, <laughs> and just bouncing off of people's ankles. <laughs> I like that. That's some excitement. I think. Yeah, I think next year you should try to get the roaming iPad robot thing, and and then turn turn your uh, the employees who aren't there loose on it, and they can control where it goes. I I am actually going to write that down. I do think that's a very fun idea because I do want to just keep like as over the top as I can make this. Um, I want I want to blow it up. So uh, so it'll be fun. So, no, that was my week last week. Uh, no show for for that reason. Um, but I was a Colby. I know you've been doing so many exciting things. Tell me tell me about what you've got going on. I don't know that I have been doing that many exciting things, Sean. Uh, I've been talking to banks about loans for uh trying to build a house that's that's a thing um mostly they say you're way too early don't talk to us till like a month before which is even more stressful that's scary that is not the answer you want Um, now is that like pre or post deposits uh post deposits with the builder at least if that so if they sense. so if 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 you do what they say but then they decline the loan then you're going to be out the deposit money that doesn't seem right yeah no it it doesn't uh but there's no like so so they with with loans for like building they there's like a time limit so it's like once they give you the loan, it has the project has to be done in twelve <laughs> in twelve months or something. So you can't just do it now and like you know twiddle your thumbs waiting for them to start. You have to do it like right before they start. And then there's a whole bunch of like you know the the bank is going to send an appraiser to appraise the land and the project and whatnot, and and they're going to decide how much money they will give you at that moment not not like you know they can't tell you ahead of time <laughs> it's just like at right that moment so so and they just like, give it to you as you need it not in a big lump sum and they they probably have a project guy who comes out and checks it as it gets built and it, exactly it's the, there are like stages and like they go they don't pay they they don't pay 
until stuff is done. So, so there'll be like one stage will be like, you put in the foundation and like do the driveway or whatever. And then like, they'll send the guy out to check that it's done and then they'll pay. And then, you know, there's a, a subsequent stage. So a lot of moving parts, it seems. But, you know. Now, have you thought about, have you thought about, because I believe you can do this, buying a house that's somewhere else, but then putting it on your land? <laughs> that might be easier. I'm just saying it's an option. You know, I didn't I didn't consider that, Sean, but you know, maybe, maybe that's the move. Maybe I should just be looking get on the used house market. Right. Yeah, because they like jack it up and put it on a trailer and drive it to wherever you want. It's crazy. Do you think there's a size limit on those? All right. I'm gonna Google how to move a house. And I know it's not gonna be what I mean. Yeah, that's what they yeah. Here's how much it costs. How do you relocate uh, factors you should consider? No. How much does it cost to move a house? Um, ultimately, well, it depends on how big the house is. Anywhere from $15,000 to $200,000 based on this. It's about uh, $14 per square foot. That, that cost, I mean, that's less than building a new house. If you have the house already. Now I'm going to look up weird houses for sale. <laughs> Find the wackiest house we can buy you and do the math and see if it makes more sense. Yeah. Well, speaking is- of, of weird houses for sale, supposedly the uh, the half burned down $5.5 million house is under contract. That's Ooh. that's the word on the streets. Wow. But, so we'll have to see how much someone bought it for. Maybe I can move that house. You- <laughs> Do you guys think they could move a, a whole winery? If you had enough round trips, sure. Colby, I think you, there's a, a winery for sale Where? Um, with a, a private vineyard. This would be in Oregon. <laughs> right down the road. You know, so reasonable. The Rogue River Winery, though, won't be on the Rogue River anymore. So you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> I'm just saying. Or get a houseboat. I mean, that would be really easy to relocate. Very movable. Super portable. I mean, if this doesn't work out, I could just get like a uh, a mobile home. An immobile mobile home. That would be fine, honestly. You can buy a dam. Dam. Like, like a dam. Like one that holds back water. You can just buy one. I love specialfinds.com. What do they do with the water when you move the dam? I, I don't think they considered that. That might not be an option to move. I got to be honest. <laughs> um, an underground prepper bunker. That would be tough. Wow. Comes pre-built. They, they, they won't even tell you the address. Makes sense. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. Where were we? <laughs> Former chapel on the bay. Wow. Um, I don't remember. We were talking about what's new in my life, which is mostly yep. talking to banks. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's going. No one has outright said no yet, so I guess there's that. This is, So the thing they did suggest that you do is, like, do, like, a mortgage pre-approval for, like, about the amount of money. And I, sure. I was trying to remember... 
how much that affects your credit score, if at all. Do you remember the answer to this question? It affects it. Yeah. I don't remember being like, oh my God. It was just, it was there. You know, like, oh, your, sc- your score went down by a little bit. That's what I remember. Nice. You can do more than one, right? It's not a big deal. That I don't remember. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. I think we only did the one because I think we shopped around and then we decided about the bank we were going with and then we mm. only did the one. Nice. Well, good question. Well, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, Colby, I have so much going on. Dan, I know you've been pretty quiet, but do you have anything maybe you could talk about? Yeah, we can We can talk about uh, Australia. I think that the tech angle is that, um, well, it's funny traveling now, but this was also true when I went to Iceland recently, but there's you have cash is just pointless. So there's none of this, like you don't have to do so many of the things you had to do five years ago. You don't have to tell your bank that you're, that you're traveling. You don't have to go to the place and exchange currency. You just kind of show up, um, including at the, uh, the Australian border going to Australia. And you know, this sounds really nice. Uh, you, you know, you get off the plane you walk through the, the duty-free area to dodge all the Tim Tam aisles and everything. And you're like, okay, where is the giant line I get into that's going to be like Australia? And then it'll be like everybody else over here. But instead, you enter this like Grand Central Station huge hallway that that is filled with these kiosks, kind of like where they do the bag checks now. And you walk up and you slap your passport down on the thing and it prints out a thing. And then you go up to this huge, you know, series of gates, like at a mega subway station. And you tap that piece of paper down on the camera. It takes a photo of your face and then you're through. You could walk straight out onto the street at that point, um, which was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, but otherwise, the internet in Australia was, it felt broken. It felt like my internet was, something was always wrong with my computer. Unless you're using like Google or Facebook or like a big company internet thing, everything else was clearly not designed to have, it was all running in the US and it was clearly not designed to have like different network calls take that long. Uh, <laughs> plus not, and, and that is, I think that's one part of it. And also like you look at, uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get residential internet in Australia and it's like so much worse than even the U S which is already pretty bad. Like getting like gigabit internet is like, Oh my God, that's so rare. But, and that's like cable internet. It's mostly like DSL not, not that bad, but like 20 megabits down is about as good as you can get, Damn. which was shocking. Um, so yeah, it, th- that was very eye opening. So did you find that they use the internet like less or less no. often? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure part of it is that people in Australia are probably using Australian websites more. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big websites, like how many people are like, because I had to work from Australia for a week because I was sick with the COVID. And so I'm trying to do like programming stuff. I'm going on all those websites and I'm trying to upload stuff to the United States. Uh, and I'm sure most people don't have that experience. But the other thing I was thinking about was I was in New Zealand like 
14 years ago. And I don't, I remember being like, wow, the internet is slow, but I don't remember it being as bad. And I think that's because there are fewer websites where it's like, like the stupid Washington State Ferry website where you click on the dropdown and then it does an Ajax request to get the values for the dropdown and then you select the item and then does an Ajax request to tell the server that you selected the item. That was not a thing 15 years ago. You loaded the page, maybe there's a little bit of JavaScript, unless you're Gmail, right? Mm. Um, now that's every website. Right. Um, so I think even though the internet has improved in Australia, I think the net effect is actually still... is worse even than it was in like 2009 now were there any specific australian websites or apps that you experienced while you were there no i don't think so because i could apple pay at the train and at the metro so i didn't need to download an app for that and on the and on the bus um i i guess i used the Qantas app for the airline that was pretty good but all airline apps are pretty much the same thankfully I'm actually I was reflecting on this you know before we had Apple wallet and stuff how you'd used to be able to you know how you used to have to get on a plane and now all of the airlines have apps that pretty much have the same functionality which is genuinely shocking uh Mm. And it happened pretty quickly. I don't know what possessed them to be so user-focused in that way. Qantas Apple, so I know I don't think I used any Australian apps. Which, by the way, not not to pivot, but you, because you brought it up, um, I don't think we talked about this on the show. I finally, in the year in uh, when I had to go to Chicago in November, whenever that was, um, that was the first time I flew end-to-end exclusively using the mobile app and not printing a ticket ever wow. in my life. And it was feel? fine. It was fine. It felt there's just something about like placing your phone on the glass that just, you I don't know. Have a case. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but then it, I honestly, I feel like the, 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 like to put my bag tag on the ticket, you know, you stick this, you stick the little sticker on there. I guess. You can well, and I'm an, I don't want to say I'm an anxious guy in line, but I like to like keep looking at my ticket and I'd have to like unlock my phone each time. So the paper was helpful. But what I find is that I think the attendants like at the gates, they are now better at taking mobile. Like they feel (laughs) surprised and don't do as well getting like the paper ticket doesn't scan as well. And they like don't know what to do with it almost. Um, Same with uh, security. When I hand them a paper ticket uh, at the TSA line, they seem confused. So I think I've kind of been, aged out of the system yeah so that that was australia um fun fact if you're going to go to australia you even if in and i felt stupid doing this even if you're american you do need a visa mm. which i did not have uh when i went to check into my flight 24 hours before it was departing uh, <laughs> uh but then they were like oh just apply online it's instant so I like as fast as I could went to the website and filled out the form and I waited like five minutes and I'm like, uh oh, like I haven't I haven't gotten any email. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know what? It's definitely one of those situations where one out of every like one thousand of these has to get manually reviewed by some human. And then I like check the time and I'm like, and it's 630 p.m. in Australia. So there's no chance. And it's Friday. There's no mm-hmm. chance that like I'm just totally screwed. But then four hours later, somehow 
I got an email with, with, with my visa. There is no email. It's just like when you boop your, your passport, it just knows. Um, so yeah, don't make that mistake. Um, Good. Yeah. I guess I've never had to apply for a visa any of the places. Yes, I know. And I felt like such like the stupid entitled American. I was like, oh, I'm American. I don't need to apply for visas. (laughs) (laughs) It never even occurred to me to like check. No. I was checking all sorts of things. Oh, what's the weather going to be like? What kind of outlets do they have there? It never occurred to me to check if I need a visa. Plus, like people from Australia can can show up in America and just get a job. Like they, they have like special visas for, for that, but we can't even just visit Australia without a visa. It was very, <laughs> it was very surprising. Yeah. That's, that's um, and I need a new pair of headphones. Mm. And Good. So, let's spend some of your money. Yes. Well, not too much of it. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, you know what I should do? Cause in the past I've just gone on wire cutter or whatever I've seen someone's like post a review on Twitter, RIP, and then I just buy that headphone and it's fine. And the most recent, I sort of started with, uh, you know, so $30 headphones you could get on probably Newegg at the time. And then I got the Sony ones that Colby has. Those are better. Oh, how do I turn? I thought I turned that off. Oh, I guess it's per app. All right, there we go. Per <laughs> Stupid app. reactions thing. Um, and then I got these uh, B&O headphones that were like eh, $200, $300. They were expensive, but really, they sounded really good, and they are super comfortable. Um, and all these are just plain old headphones, wired headphones, no noise canceling. So when these dead headphones that are basically the headbands totally snapped, um, I was like, I'm just going to get those again. And I went on to B&O's website, and they exclusively make wireless noise canceling headphones they do not have either wired or non-noise canceling headphones uh so then i was like well this is like a pretty personal thing yeah people like different headphones i shouldn't just go online read some reviews and buy headphones i should try headphones so i found a headphone store in seattle and i didn't know this but they were like moving so they're having a moving sale and i show up and they have four pairs of headphones uh and i should have recognized i should have noticed that at the time and they had like a cool setup they had this huge box with amps which is the thing i still don't understand why you need and this like special box that had all sorts of music on it so you could play what you could plug the headphones in and you could play whatever you wanted to and listen to it um and i should have noticed that none of the headphones had any prices on them uh and so i listened to these four headphones and then I'm like, oh, okay, like that, you know, I took note of the model numbers. There was one I, I liked, uh, but I only got to try four. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to leave. And so I'm leaving and the guy's like, so what'd you think? I was like, oh, it was great. And I really liked the, the, that one on the right. It sounded really good. He's like, oh, that's the best deal in the store. Normally that's $2,000, but we're selling it for $9.99. And I was like, <laughs> no brainer. No okay. brainer. Okay. Uh, I was like, well. At least I know I have good taste. I did correctly <laughs> identify the most expensive pair of headphones they had. Although I later looked up all of the model numbers, all of them with discount were over five hundred dollars. Um, so in a 50, yeah fifty percent discount. So. Yeah, but but Dan, I hear you now have a visa. So 
to uh, to Australia. Yeah. Oh, oops. Okay. <laughs> Wrong visa. Uh, uh, so uh, I did not buy those headphones, but it was fun. I want to go try more headphones. There are these stores scattered around. There's one other one in the area, and then there's there's sort of a world class one in Vancouver, which would be fun to go to. It's like people come from all over the world to go to this headphone store hmm. in Vancouver. Um, so I want to try them out. But if you all have recommendations of headphones, Sean, it sounded like you had some strong opinions before we started recording. Well, but I I don't. So maybe the single greatest thing about having an office is that I can take my calls on speaker. I just don't like wearing headphones all the time. Yeah. So uh, at work, I pretty much take all my calls on speaker. Um, and I don't like over the ear uh, headphones because they make my ear sweat and I don't find them comfortable to wear for long periods of time. So I'm kind of not the guy to ask. I would say if you want just like plain wired headphones, uh, studio style headphones are going to be the way to go. Uh, sort of like what Colby's wearing and, um, you know, ones that are used for music monitoring where they don't want wireless and they don't want noise canceling. So here's the thing is I am... Um Something I've learned about myself is I don't like the the Bose and um, what's the other one that Apple bought? Uh, Beats. Beats style. I don't I don't like their take on what sounds should sound like. You know how like an Apple like photos taken on iPhones look different than Samsung photos. It's sort mm-hmm. of similar, right? Like Bose and Beats are the Samsung cameras of sound, where it's like. Wow, wowie zowie. But then I've noticed the stu- the monitoring headphones are like very even. It's like clinical like grade evenness, which isn't f- super fun to listen to. And so I found that I do like something in between. Unfortunately, which because yeah, the studio headphones are are plentiful and cheap. <laughs> well, and you're um, using it for for voice and music. Which is tough. Yes. But like voice, who cares? Voice is not like a very sonically interesting thing, right? Well, yeah, but I, the, my, it's more like the studio style, for example, are going to give you good voice and mediocre music. And I feel like you go the beats mm. and they're going to they're going to mess with the music and you don't. So I, I don't know that it's. Yeah, you're kind of looking for something that can really is a good sounding jack of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> I would say under four hundred dollars. How about that? <laughs> so, do you have any leads? Um, let's see. I have some saved tabs here. Uh, I had yeah. There's the Sennheiser. Let me make because I had sure. these reviews also don't say the price. Sennheiser HD five sixty. That's only two hundred dollars. The a AKG K three seven one. All of these headphones, by the way, have just really tough <laughs> model numbers. So those seem to be a bit. And again, you're just reading reviews of people writing about what things sound like. Uh, Bayer Dynamic DT seven seven zero Pro. You you just got to buy them from somewhere with a with a good return policy, basically yeah. and just try, try but it out. I, that's why I thought if I could just spend four hours and drive somewhere and try a bunch of them, then I would save myself a bunch of time and then I would get headphones. That's but what I, I also, want. 
but I understand. But I also yeah, think you, good point. You, but you want to? I mean, how many hours a day are you wearing these headphones? Like six hours a day, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're ever going to really find if you like them until you actually wear them for yeah, six hours fair. a day for several days. Point. You know, and um, if you're spending money, because I'm listen now, Sean. Returning maybe you sucks. know the answer to this. Yes. Oh. Uh, the like headphones have different ohm ratings. Do you have? Do you understand? And I understand that like the higher the number, you more likely you'll need an amp. But why would you want to need an amp? Do you know? So uh, first of all, I will say for you guys, I'm having some network instability in the house. So if I'm a little yes. uh, off, you you're probably noticing. Um. I know. I have absolutely no idea what any of that means. Okay. Not a clue. <laughs> I'm not a sound guy. I'm not a sound guy. Like I said, I just use the AirPods because they're convenient and they well, fit you my got ear. A mixer, not, you got a mixer. You, you must it just got makes it go XLR up and down. cables in there, I'm sure. And you, those you just plug in. The, the microphones were buzzing and stuff. Like, I'm not an audio guy. Not, not a good example. Well, I will keep you informed. Yes, please do. Fascinating. Now, Dan, I think you were the person who first introduced me to the concept of open ear headphones. Do you still have your open ear headphones? I do have those somewhere. Those were cool. They were not that expensive. Open back headphones is the term. The problem is the ones I got are extremely not comfortable. And I went to another headphone store this weekend, or it wasn't a headphone store. This was actually an even crazier place. It was a stereo store, and they had a teeny tiny headphone section. But they also had, like, the world's most, like, uh, incredible cassette, like, I don't know what you call it, switcher, where it was like this huge deck you'd have in your in your entertainment center and you could put multiple cassettes in it and it would automatically change between them, like sure. the CD-ROM ones, but way more mechanically complicated. <laughs> um, and like a bajillion speakers, but only a teeny tiny set of headphones. And almost all of them were those Grado headphones, which people think sound really good. I agree that they sound really good. I should find mine. But the problem is that... A, they are open back, which means that uh, people can hear what you're listening to, which isn't that big of a problem uh, now that I don't work in an office. But I think it would be a problem with the microphone is my guess. But I don't know. Maybe the technology has advanced to the point where, you know, all... All the, uh, you know, Google and Zoom over the past four years have just like optimized their technology for people taking calls on a Dell laptop in the middle of their kitchen. And so the Mm. fact there's a little bit of sound leaking out doesn't matter. That could be. Um, (laughs) It's probably true. But that's why I've been I've been trying not to do the open back ones, which is a bit of a saving grace because those are even more expensive typically. so I'm at least saving some money there. But I should try to find those old headphones because I could test out whether the open backness does cause feedback on the mic. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. I forgot that I kind of had that. Yeah. I have a pair like that. It's not the same kind as yours. But they're open back ones that I like to use for. I like when I'm at home, sometimes I like that. 
I can hear. Yeah. Me. I don't use them for calls yeah. for this because probably for for the same reason, because I felt some uncertainty about whether or not it would be a problem. Um, it seems like it would be, but I like to use them. Like if I'm, I'm playing, you know, Baldur's Gate or whatever, I think that's a nice experience. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. The gate. I don't want to tell you how many hours it is that I've played <laughs> that game so far. I think it's about 200. It's uh <laughs> Where do you find all those hours, Dan? That's so many. I had a hours. lot of hours in December. Uh I had it I had at least 28 hours of airplane rides uh which I spent mostly playing Baldur's Gate. Uh How did you play Baldur's Gate on an airplane? Well, it runs on a Mac, so if you buy it on Steam, you can run it on your Mac laptop. It also runs on the Steam Deck. Hot damn. That's it's pretty cool. cool. Well, that's good to know. Did I tell you I bought my first I bought my first real video game not too long ago? Dream Daddy. No. My first triple A title I've ever bought. What was it? Yeah. Madden, so not the most like original game in the world. However, it, in classic Sean's a huge moron fashion, um, I all excited it was on sale because I won't pay the full price. It was on sale, so I'm gonna buy it. I click buy it now. I buy it. Not compatible with Mac. Ooh, no. and I don't own uh. any other. And you also, it does not work on Windows emulation. Mother, yeah, damn. So that was money well spent. That stinks. Can um, I get it on Steam? Max ruined my life. I did get it on Steam, yeah. Do you think they hmm. would give you a refund if you ask? Like, hey. They I do within a certain a time money. period that oh. I was not fast enough to... Because I thought of... Why would they allow me to buy it? They know I'm on a Mac right now. Like, you would think they'd have some kind of, like, warning. Only <laughs> available for <sure>? Windows. <laughs> yeah, like, just literally anything. Um, and like I said, I tried to run it on... Uh, on parallels and it just it wouldn't authenticate so mm. huge bust i'm never playing a video game again i'm done <laughs> <laughs> and this is like the most recent madden yeah it's the new one i kind of because again i'm not a big video game guy yeah but i said oh it looks fun it's football it was on sale i said all right this is pretty cool and for some reason they they don't support mac yeah, and I'm trying to think. Uh, there is there like a company that will do um, like NVIDIA GeForce now, but you can play your Steam library and it just like downloads the game or something. I don't know. Probably. Don't so. But that's when I say, "Time out. Enough's enough. <laughs> I, I don't need to play it that badly. <laughs> like it was. It was bad enough on the field or whatever it is." Yeah, I, was, I tried to I tried to download EA Play and all this other crap to make it work. Yeah. And I said it's not it's not worth it. I'll just go buy an Xbox at that point uh, if I really <laughs> want to buy the to, game but. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I'm doing that. And then my other tech thing that happened was I got back from Australia, and then um, what was the first thing? Oh, the the internet went in and the internet went in and out. Uh, and so, and I would get like notifications from the ubiquity thing, like, oh, your, your XY dingus is offline. Oh, your XY dingus is, is online. And then I would ping from my computer 
and it would be like to the internet, it'd be like, good, 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 bad, 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 good, 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 bad, 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 bad. And then I would ping from my computer to the router. It would say good 10,000 times in a row. Uh, and so I was like, well, that's pretty definitive. So I try like factory resetting the router, same exact behavior. I was like, well, I don't know what's wrong, but uh, that's it. So then I was like, well, this is fine because for the ISP we have here, they give you for free a router for with your internet. They don't charge you an additional monthly fee. So I still had it. So I plugged it in and like, well, while I'm getting the replacement, this, you know, this will do. And I, this computer is working fine. The Mac is working fine. I turn the Windows computer on. Absolutely nothing. No, it's directly plugged into the Ethernet on the back. Nothing, zero. And if I restarted the computer, it would like go online briefly and I could get to the router only, but <laughs> nothing else. And then even that would stop working. Hmm. Uh, so <laughs> it was just <laughs> totally bonkers. And so then I had to wait for like a week for the replacement to come. But now I'm living the full nerd network lifestyle where I don't have I don't have a Wi-Fi router. I have a router. And then I have the Wi-Fi access point like in the office. Uh, and they are separate things. And then I have the computer that manages the ubiquity stuff. And that's a separate thing. So there are three independent thingies, um, each of which can now be upgraded or replaced in isolation without having to replace the whole thing. That's what I'm telling myself. Uh, to convince myself this was a good idea. I'm just like shaking my head. I, I you know, I, I, I love overdoing of things, so more power to you, Dan. Sean, I, I thought I, you said you were you were running out of like IP addresses on your network and stuff. You should, well, you should get I, into this lifestyle. We we did talk about this while you were gone. I uh, and I'll very briefly recap, but basically I called Xfinity because they threw an extra they bumped up my price, so I tried to negotiate them down. They did. But they're like, oh, we'll just throw on for no additional fee. Internet speeds up to 1200 megabits. So I'm like, that's great. I love it. They do me the upgrade. And then I realized I've never had more than like three, more than like 200 in the whole time I've lived here. And I was supposed to be getting like 600 or 800. So I'm like, wait, this isn't. So I bought a new modem. Mine was like five years old. Doxus 3.1. So, you know, should be screaming. Plug that thing in. I get like 300. My my up goes up to like 50, which is good, but it's like 300. I'm like, this isn't good. So now my next thing is um, I bought another mesh router access uh, mesh network point to try and relieve some of the load because I do have 40 network devices in my home. Um, so to try and spread it out a little bit more. But uh, but I'm annoyed. I, I got to call. I think it's the next. I think it's the cable in my house is the problem, like the physical cables. I think there's an issue with it. Like the thing that plugs into the modem? Yeah, somewhere from the street to my modem, there's a bad connection or a bad cable somewhere in the walls that they're just not going to be able to to fix because I, I can't figure out any other reason that I'm aware of why it wouldn't be working. But that's on my list to follow up with. I mean, other 300 is bad, but it's... Uh, it's not what you you're know, paying for. 1,200 would be better. Bigger numbers. Well, that's better. my next. So if they can't fix it, then I'm going to call and downgrade and be like, I want the 300 plan. <laughs> you know? It's like, I feel like uh, I feel like I don't need all this if I can't use it. Right. right. Yeah. You should get reimbursed. Yeah, back, I'm sure Xfinity will definitely do that. <laughs> They're so very reasonable. For. Yeah. X. 
So should we talk about one tech news story? Uh, is there is there anything that's got you uh, excited or riveted here? I don't. I've been. I, mean, I was so busy last week. I wasn't really. Um, oh man, there's so many things that have happened. At least since oh, I've been gone. Inform me, Dan. Um, what's hot? I think the hottest thing right now is definitely the Apple European App Store rule change. Have you been? Uh, have you been oh, up yeah. on this? No. Tell me about this. This is very complicated, but my understanding is that there was some law that the EU passed, and as a result of that law, you I don't remember exactly what the law is, but as a result of that law, Apple feels like they needed to offer new terms of service for app developers. And the new terms of service are only if you are in the EU. Um, there's a bunch of changes, but the one that people are sort of like upset about is you can continue to use the app store as it is today. 30% of all transactions. If your app is free, you pay nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also get nothing. Or you can opt in to the new terms. As soon as you opt in, you can never go back. The new terms are you can use the app store if you want. Uh, if you use the app store, it's 30%. If you can also not use the App Store, if you don't use the App Store, it's 27%. Uh, And if you don't use the App Store, every week you need to send to Apple a list of all the people and all the like people and all the transactions that occurred and include with that your, you know, sort of the, the commission that Apple gets. And at any moment, Apple could ask you, like, we're gonna do an audit. So they have like audit privileges of your business. (laughs) <laughs> but also, if you dist- if you opt into the new terms, once your app reaches a million downloads for each uh, download thereafter, so it's kind of like I forget what that tax style is. It's kind of like whatever that tax thing is. Uh, for is each download after a million downloads, you owe Apple five cents per download. Regardless of if you are distributing your app in the App Store or via some other mechanism which means that uh what this uh, what i have read uh, from the commentariats is that this means that the people who most want to distribute their apps outside of the app store which are big companies who have lots of users are totally screwed by this because most of them don't charge for their apps anyways Mm -hmm. they're free but because they're free they have tons of users and so if Instagram were distributed in the EU outside the App Store, they would go from owing Apple zero dollars to whatever five cents times the number of you know Instagram users in the EU minus one million is, which is lots of millions, <laughs> yeah, hundreds of millions. That's hundreds wild. of millions. Yeah. So them's the them's the breaks, as Boris Johnson would say. Um, that's my understanding. And there's other changes too with regards to what was the other change? Ah, I forget. There was there was some other like whole suite of changes that with with regards to this. It's interesting. People are debating as to whether or not this actually sort of is a good, you know, a compliance with the uh uh the actual law and then the EU if they decided it isn't compliant they could start fining Apple like I it was like 25% of your annual revenue per month or something crazy like that Th- those are the terms of the uh of the agreement hmm 
so if you're is, like yeah go ahead this, this is like the like antitrust anti-antitrust thing or something right like the the i think like, so yeah so so the thing you can do now that you couldn't do before is technically you could uh distribute your app not in the app store and that is possible Yes, and actually, I, I forgot, you can distribute your app via an app marketplace, which is an app that you can download from the internet, but you cannot download non-app marketplace apps from the internet, which is also clever because those app marketplace apps are liable for any content distributed via the app marketplace and not Apple. So if you are distributing copyrighted materials or making those copyrighted materials available via apps that you're distributing through your app marketplace and that company also in order to get the sort of like permission to distribute an app marketplace app you have to show like a you have to basically get a mortgage pre-approval of like a million dollars and be like a bank would loan us a million dollars and that's one of the criteria for getting this like entitlement uh in your in your little code build which right. is kind of crazy wow and another thing is and i th- this also only applies in the eu now because like a thing for a long time was that people some people are upset that on ios you and ipad os and everything you can only run safari and even mm-hmm. chrome for ios is really just you know we're a wrapper around safari that gives you your chrome bookmarks and passwords so now in ios if you're in europe you could develop your own browser engine but your browser engine must look exactly like safari so there's like hundreds of uh interfaces that you must implement all of which are like very safari specific so if you do that (laughs) then you can swap it out um but the funny thing is i saw someone say this online it's totally true could port whatever browser they wanted to to ios that would actually be the end of any sort of web browser diversity on the internet because then everything would just become chrome the fact that iOS mandates Safari is actually the only thing right. preventing Google from having a monopoly on web browsers. And sure, they you know some might argue they're doing it via an anti-competitive practice. Though Google would argue you can all you can get an Android if you want to run Chrome on your phone. Um, <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny that in that specific instance, I do believe that the thing that they want they are causing the thing that they want to prevent <laughs> by. Potentially, by if they were to force this rule to be implemented. Wow. Anyways, I think this is super interesting and uh, not exactly what Apple wants people to be talking about the week before their hot new thing is coming out. Yeah, I, I, I would also layer on top of that. In addition, they did announce they're allowing game streaming services. That's right. That's global. But that and that is global. Um, and then they're also opening up the NFC chip. Uh, for payments within the European economic area, which I have no idea what that means, but uh, what the European economic area well, is. I think the, I think that definitely means the UK is out. So <laughs> well, European economic area. Oh, it's, it's the EU plus Iceland, Liechtenstein and Norway. Oh, interesting. 
Um, anywho, uh, yeah, I mean, you, I agree. It is very interesting and very convoluted. And I think I guess the million dollar question is that you going to like let them do this. Like, what you know, will they strike back and say this isn't fair or right? I mean, I guess they got to let I it think, maybe run for a little while and see how it goes. I think they will eventually. I'm not a lawyer, but um, so I can't I don't know if it applies, if it complies with the letter of the law. But uh, whether it happens a month from now because it doesn't apply, it doesn't comply with the letter of the law or it happens two years from now because they pass new laws to make it even more strict. I think one of those two things is definitely going to happen. Well, it goes live with iOS 17.4 in March. Are are you guys like, can you think of a good use of a, of a, a, a marketplace within iOS? In theory, like um, you could, there has been lots of precedent to like, definitely the most popular, ver- uh, well, I don't know about that. A popular marketplace app in the EU will be a marketplace app that packages and distributes open source emulators compiled for iOS with no games associated with them. Then you download the game, put it in you know your, your iCloud drive, and now you're playing Super Nintendo games on your iPhone. Mm. I, think, I think there's lots of like legitimate uses for stuff like that. Um, but cause right now I think if you, and maybe Colby, you know more about this. If you want to download like some code from GitHub, compile it and run it on your phone, you can do that. Uh, but a, you have to know, like I have to install Xcode and I got to run this thing and I have to plug my phone in and press this button. But then there's also like, you have to keep like, you have to keep plugging your phone in every two days or something like that. Otherwise the app becomes unusable. There's some restriction like Mm -hmm. that um, for like development apps. And so if this were relatively easy, then anyone doing stuff like that, like, Oh, I'm downloading the open source um, VLC video player. So I can play like whatever that MKV format stuff on my phone and I can download it from this app marketplace that just goes on GitHub and they've packaged up all the open source apps and you download them for free. But the tricky thing there is that that all sounds great, but if someone downs, downloads a million and one of those apps and suddenly that person owes Apple five cents. Um, well, and the other thing is, would Apple approve that marketplace in the first place? I don't think... As part of the terms, my understanding is that they don't have any oversight over, they can't make any determinations about the content that will be distributed on the app marketplace. But what they, they're not allowed to restrict that. So what they are restricting instead is sort of the the credit worthiness of the entity behind the app marketplace. So here's, I'm reading directly from the Verge's article on this. In order to be used on an iPhone, those marketplaces have to go through Apple's approval process. And once you download one, you have to explicitly give a permission to download apps to your device. But once the marketplace is approved and on your device, you can download anything you want, including apps that violate App Store guidelines. You can even set non-App Store marketplace as the default on your device. So I'm dealing with this at work right now. The... What they're referring to, the approval process, is an automated approval process that a lot of Mac apps go through. So 
uh, you can download an app from your Mac or an app to your Mac from the internet. Um, have you ever, maybe you haven't done this, Sean, but um, if you download an app from, have you ever downloaded an app from the internet and it's like, hey, uh, this is from an unidentified developer. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't say that. And so when it doesn't say that, that means that that app has been literally sent to Apple. They took that DMG, they sent it to Apple and Apple ran an automated process over it that approved it. And then it like got cryptographically signed. And that's the exact same process that they use for these marketplace apps. So the marketplace app can't be harmful. Like it can't, it can't like take over your phone and but they're not approving it for content reasons improper apis but they they the apps that it is distributed via that thing i think also maybe have to go through that process i think um but apple can't say like oh you're not allowed to have a phone app because that duplicates functionality and you're not allowed to have an emulator app because we don't like that we think that's Mm. too risky they can't say that fascinating Fun time. So who's switching their um, iOS account to say that they live in Ireland? (laughs) (laughs) Take the virtually move to Ireland challenge. Again, I'm like, because I'm in my head thinking of like reasons why I would need a marketplace ass. And it's like to buy crap in Fortnite. No. Mm. Um, To download (laughs) emulators. No. Uh, if, if someone comes up with a good idea for why you I could need probably play a PS2 Madden on your phone if you downloaded a PS2 I don't, emulator. I don't want to play games on my phone. God okay. bless. iPad maybe. iPad right. maybe. But um, but yeah, I'm just. But then when you start talking about things like uh, you know, alternate browsers, like there, I'm just trying to figure out. Maybe I don't know. I'm excited to see what what comes of this because I remember back in the day the sort of. Um, what was it called? The the when you would crack your iPhone, uh, jailbreak. Yeah, but there was the the specific um, software that you would install. Mm. I don't remember because I did it. Um, uh, ooh, uh, I had an. Well, it was a. Uh, it was an. Uh, uh, it was a. Uh, what was it? An iPod Touch back in the day uh. um that i used to do it on and oh man i'm gonna be really bummed that i can't think of the name of this dang i'm gonna think about it uh but anyway i used to i used to do it back when like apps were Cydia. that was the one i was thinking of that that was the the original one way back in the day Cydia, um where you could download all kinds of crazy stuff way back good times ipod touches yeah, man, the iPod Touch. I had an iPod Touch before I had an iPhone. That thing was dope. This is so light. Yeah. Uh, it was great. The only thing it didn't have in it, it didn't have a camera in it back in those days. Um, oh, yeah. It had like a little plastic spot for it. I remember that. Yeah, it was just great because you could use all the apps the when mm-hmm. apps came out. Um, and that's why it was... Because City, I think, was doing apps before... Um, before apps were even officially available. Um, and so you could use that for stuff. And then obviously the browser and watch videos and listen to music. It was cool. Well, good, Dan. Glad you uh, brought that story to the forefront. We'll have to keep an eye on that one and come up with some, maybe a, a don't panic marketplace. I don't know what we put in it. 
fruits and vegetables. But again, there's don't, don't there's no reason to do it because I think the number one use case for an app marketplace is distributing free apps that Apple doesn't want, you know, doesn't want to or makes it onerous to uh, distribute. But you can't do that because if one million or more people download it, you are financially liable. Well, but I will say Apple has been free, trying to silence the don't panic show. So you can never guarantee that you won't hit a million. I guess, yeah, actually, I don't know. Could you make an app marketplace app that requires login or sort of sign up? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, well, Dan's working on loopholes to get around these new <laughs> EU laws. Uh, we're going to start cruising towards the exit here as we hit the top of the hour. Gentlemen, great show as always. Um, I do have to tease. Oh, <laughs> we have got, they're looking around like my internet's not working. No, it's can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, it's slowly coming back. That's the great thing about Riverside is it just keeps recording because it's recording locally. So I'm just going to keep going. This episode brought to you by Riverside. Listen, we're a proud partner uh, that we don't get any compensation for saying that. Um, Up for debate, guys. The Super Bowl is coming up. One of our and now Colby's just gone. Uh, Maybe (laughs) Colby's been the problem. Is Dan there? I'm, I'm here, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm. I. This is very strange. No, now he's back. <laughs> I'm gonna get through this plug eventually. God I damn just, it! I just clicked. I clicked. I clicked the wrong button. I thought the other window was focused, and I I hit Command W, and it said, "Are you sure you want to leave?" I was like, "Of course, I want to leave." I didn't want to leave. I'm sorry. This is this is what happens when we don't do this for a month and a half. Uh, <laughs> guys, I got to get this plug out. Up for debate, Super Bowl. It's our biggest episodes of the year. We got prop bets coming up. We'll be recording them the week after next. We got the Chiefs. We got the 49ers. It's going to be a blast. Don't miss it. And Dan, this is uh, you saw the announcement. The movie league is back, baby. Get yes. excited. Uh, those expectations. We're going to talk about it after we. the movie league is back. It's going to be a ton of fun. You don't want to miss it. Of uh, Over at Up for Debate TV, wherever you get podcasts, look for Up for Debate. Of course, our show is Don't Panic at Don'tPanic.io. Our fantastic website, the audio and the video are both there. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Just look for Don't Panic. We're probably there with the video version on YouTube. And of course, you can get a hold of us. Don't Panic Show at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, but we're going to stick a fork in it here. So on behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We're going to see you next time for another great edition of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.